something calling to the underworld. Come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls. Something calling, now don't look to us. Phony Beatlemania is putting the time. Something calling, see we ain't got no swing except for the rain of the crunch of things. All right, Jet Nation, welcome into another fantastic packed episode of the Green Zone. I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Dennis. Welcome into the Green Zone. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Julian, and uh, can't wait to do the show. It's very exciting. It was really wonderful going overseas, getting a chance to see our New York Jets, getting a chance to meet up with you. It was just fantastic, the whole experience. The team came out with a victory. It was great. You couldn't have asked for anything, anything else. I mean, it was a, a packed weekend. We, we, we didn't really have time to do anything. We were with the Jets the whole time. It was great to, to, you know, to finally meet people that I've been working with behind the scenes, especially you who we've done the show with a long time. We've got a lot of exclusive interviews we won't find anywhere else. And, of course, the story of what happened on the weekend. So why don't we kick things off, Dennis, and start off with an interview? Yeah, you know what, and Julian, just so the audience knows, we're going to do this a little bit in chronological order. So the first part is going to be uh, a couple of interviews with some fans and some pregame stuff. It's really pertinent, even though we know what happened in the game, but you'll like what these people have to say. They're well-known with the Jets or uh, uh, media people. And why don't we start with an interview that I did, Julian, which was on Saturday before the game with some fans from Ireland, because that's what it's all about, the international fans here playing at Wembley. So why don't we start with, with this one by me, and then we'll play one by you, a couple of pregame stuff, and then we'll roll into the postgame interviews. It'll be great. Let's get started right now. Uh, hello, Green Zone Radio. I'm here in downtown London with Will and Ronnie, and they're Jet fans that came over to the London game at Wembley Stadium to see the Jets play the Dolphins, and they're all the way from Ireland. Not came all the way from New York, fellas, but you know, you're, you're over here. You live across the pond, as my co-host Julian Carter of the Green Zone likes to say. How did you become Jet fans? And Will, I'll start with you. How did you become a Jet fan in Ireland? What drew you to the Jets? I mean, Dad was a Jet fan all his life. I think probably the, probably the Green I'd say back in the day, Irish connection, but. That's pretty much it. It's like, like in New York all our lives. You're so. related? My dad. Oh, that's his dad. Okay. Yeah. So, so, dad, so, so how did you become a Jet fan and, can, and, and, and convert your son to a Jet fan? Because my father was a, was, a, was a Jets fan, and that's how I became a Jets fan. Yeah, uh, we started watching uh, NFL in about 30, about 34 years ago. Uh, and... But what you do to the Jets? What you do to the Jets specifically? What did you like about it? Because of the green and the yeah, I, is that that's Being a hundred percent honest, probably that's what it was. New it, York. It was the colors, the really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, uh, back then it was the Dolphins and everyone else, and as I say, the green, like uh, green Irish, Irish uh-huh. Jets, New York. I think that was. You just like New York. York. Yeah, we do we we do a lot of interviews with overseas fans. I mean, this is what what we do for the yeah. Jets and. Uh, you know, we got fans from Ireland, from uh, Denmark, from a lot of places, yeah. but a lot of the fans in Ireland didn't mention that, the green, <laughs> so, and the, the New York connection. Was yeah. it a little bit of the New York connection that maybe yeah. drew you to? Do you yeah. like the fact that New York's a big city? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was a lot of, lot of Irish went to New York a uh-huh. lot of years ago, so it's probably a good connection that way as well. But. 
Yeah, just let it grow. Thanks. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to the states or not? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was in actually, actually was in Vegas last week. And oh, I Vegas! All right. <laughs> and you, no wonder why you're living with your dad. I got a, Yeah, I got I got a Joe Namath signed autograph. On oh, yeah, Joe Namath. We, we've interviewed Joe yeah. Namath on the show. Got, got his autograph there last oh, week. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a yeah. terrific guy. Now, now you're going to the game uh, tomorrow. It's Saturday, everybody. Just you know, we're on the, the tour bus. I'm gonna let them listen to their headset. One last yeah, question. So, are you gonna? I mean, are you looking forward to seeing your team here up close at Wembley Stadium playing the Dolphins? And uh, just yeah. are you excited? Absolutely thrilled, yeah. Like, you know, when we heard, we, we bought our tickets back last January. Uh-huh. And uh, when we heard the Jets were coming, it was absolutely superb. Like, you know. All right, yeah. your last question for the two of you. I'll ask all the first and yourself, Will. Who's, who's, give us a final score, give us a prediction, and what are the keys to the game for the Jets to be successful? I think uh, we, we need our offense to work a lot better than the Hads have done. Defense has been absolutely magnificent, but uh, I think uh, Jets will win 32-10. 32-10, yeah. okay. Yeah, so uh, 24-10, but uh, yeah, like I see how Fitzpatrick is better from last week, maybe or reduce the turnovers. Like, well, Ivory being in the game, you think will help? Hopefully, yeah, yeah a lot better because he's been doing well the first two Baker's games. still doubtful, is he? Uh, he's questionable, so we'll see. We'll yeah, see yeah, if he makes it. Important, eh? game the run game is yeah, important. Is, yeah. But you're both I predicting mean, a victory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Ivory will actually love Wembley. I think that will be that. That's the key. Yeah. All right. Well, Will and Ron from Ireland, we appreciate you coming on the show. And go Jets. I hope you have a fantastic time tomorrow. Go Jets. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, they hit Julian. They hit on the keys. They said Chris Ivory. He said he would love Wembley, and Chris Ivory did. He really went off. We'll get into that a little bit later. But Julian, you caught up with some fans outside the stadium from the states, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I went outside, and I just wanted to get a feel of the game. And I, every time I, I saw some Jet fans, I, I whipped my microphone out and just went over for a chat. We've got any to play? Yeah, we'll play this one right here, and then we'll get into some of the stuff we did in practice, and then we'll get into the game. So, folks, we'll get into it. But we just want to try to give a feel for the atmosphere. So here's some Jet fans outside Wembley Stadium before the game. General Joseph Harrington. All right, gang, I'm, out, I'm outside the, uh, the stadium. Me with, with a big crew of Jet fans that made the trip across the pond to come and see the beloved green and white. How are you feeling out here in London? It must be strange coming to, to a game overseas. It, it is a little bit, but we're all Jet fans. Everyone's here is pumped up. We were with Fireman Ed yesterday in Trafalgar Square. Right, and yeah. you know The Jets did a great job of welcoming us with a lot of VIP hosts and parties. It was a great time. Right. What do you... Uh, what do you what do you think about the uh, the chances for the Jets' victory today? Is it strong? Uh, we're looking at a 42 to three finish. Jets win, of course. Wow, <laughs> very strong. Yeah. We're here to squish the fish. Squish the fish. I like that. I like that. What about uh, g- give me someone to stand out on, on offense that is going to get it done? Fitzpatrick, six touchdowns by half. Six touchdowns. Hey, I'm liking this. It's got an improvement over last week. So, so, so there we go. I really appreciate your time. Go Jets. Thank you. J E T S. Jets. 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 All right, so that was uh, me outside the stadium, and what came out um, maybe about two hours before kickoff, and there was there was so many fans, so it was just a chance to you know to grab any Jet fans that I can see and get an interview. I'm going to take you back to Friday now when I was at Jets practice, and it was very strange for me, although this is my first time. Uh, with the team covering uh, a media credential. So I was in there, and I was, uh, obviously there was faces that we recognized. Uh, from start, we had to catch a bus with 
the media members that we'll all know firsthand from Manish Ritsamini, um, Brian Costello, Kimberly Martin. They was on this huge bus with just me, me and Dennis as well. So it was a little strange to see these up close and personal, especially in my in my home uh, country as well, because this, this stood out uh, a mile. But when we went to practice, you know, the lights of the NFL network were there. There was a ton of media, a lot of British media as well. And, of course, I did uh, tweet out the picture of the press conference area where you'd see Todd Bowles go um, after practice and uh, uh, some members from the um, NFM, Jeff Darlington, was there as well. Now, I did recognize this person, uh, Bob Wischusen. You might have heard of him. He does the play-by-play calling for ESPN Radio. I went, uh, we got chatting, great guy. And uh, after a while, I thought, you know what? What an ideal opportunity to do an interview with him. And he was more than happy to do it. So let's take a listen to my interview with Jets play-by-play caller Bob Wischusen. All right, it's Julian Carter here for Green Zone Radio. And it's great to ju- uh, run into one of my uh, heroes, I would say, Mr. Bob Wischusen. So welcome to the UK. How are you finding it here? Oh, I've been here before, and it's always great to come back. Yeah. Um, this is the first... Divisional game overseas, um, the first ever one between, uh, and it's going to go down in history. What do you think the uh, the keys are for the Jets to win out over here? Because it's a neutral field kind of thing, a Dolphin Tone game, but a neutral field. Yeah, I think for the Jets, their recipe for success really doesn't depend too much on the opponent. They need to run the ball, right? And they need to stop the run. I mean, that's that's probably you know a nuts and bolts way of looking at most NFL teams' recipe for success. Um, Turnovers were a huge part of the first three games. They took the ball away the first two games. They gave the ball away in game three. Not unusual that they'd be two and one. The game they lost was last week. But especially against this team, if you're able to get it to third and medium, third and short, their strength defensively by far is their front four, and you can keep – that group from teeing off on your quarterback by giving you manageable down and distances and quick throws, but that depends on your ability to run the ball. And the Dolphins obviously have not been able to run the ball so far this season much at all. The Jets have been very good at stopping the run. So, you know, if it's not a not brain surgery. If you've got third and two and they regularly have third and nine, you have a big advantage. Right. So against the, the Eagles, um, Jets offense went out a lot of three and out and didn't really get going. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw the ball 58 times, and that's not really a recipe for success. They didn't really have a job running the ball as well. So can you give us uh, a couple of players that need to you know, play lights out enough to, to get the Jets the, the W? Well, I think what Jet fans probably learned last week, if they didn't already realize it through the first two weeks, is how important Chris Ivory is to their offense. Um, he's number three in the NFL in yards after contact. And the Jets right now are, I believe, if they're not 26th, they're worse in the NFL in their backs being first contacted. Meaning, I think right now the Jets are averaging only 1.6 yards per carry before whoever's carrying the ball gets contacted by a defender. Chris Ivory runs through tackles. Unfortunately, Bilal Powell and Zach Stacey don't. So what you found the first two weeks was because he's able to break tackles and gain yards after contact, you were gaining yards on first and second down, even if you weren't blocking terribly well for him. Well, last week, the same blocking produced no running game against the Eagles without Chris Ivory. So, I mean, to me, I think he really is 
a major hinge point for their offensive success. His ability to gain yards even while getting hit gives them a chance to not be caught in third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, hence Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing the ball 58 times. 58 times. Talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and and throwing 58 times, there were a lot of boos at the stadium with a result. I know one two team coming in, and it really was set up for the Jets to lay an egg. You know, everyone expected the the victory, and they did. Now, we talk about quarterback controversies. Do you think that if Ryan Fitzpatrick is not, you know, getting it done, do you think that maybe Geno Smith can can get an opportunity, or is it too soon to talk about that? Um, I think you have to see how this game goes. I mean, you know, last week. Granted, I think even two weeks ago when they won on Monday night, I don't think Ryan played particularly well. But last week, he really wasn't helped out much. Um, They didn't run the ball at all. They left him in a lot of second and third and longs. um, And they were without Eric Decker. So now you're taking away two of his best players and putting him behind the chains, so to speak. That's really a tough thing for a quarterback to deal with, for any quarterback. Um, If he has all of his weapons out there this week and really struggles... Then I guess you know during the bye week could they potentially talk about a switch? Maybe, but Todd Bowles is a pretty even-keeled coach. I mean, he he doesn't really let a lot of these ebbs and flows affect him much. So, you know, unless Ryan has just one of those four or five interception implosions, I I don't see them making a quarterback change. I think even if they lose the game, two and two through four weeks is probably where most people expected them to be. Right. You know, so I don't know if you push a panic button at that point. Having said that, Geno Smith was spent the whole offseason as the starter. So obviously coming into the season, they had higher hopes for Geno than they did for Ryan. They thought Geno was the better quarterback. So when you have the guy that you spent the whole offseason thinking might be the better quarterback sitting there on the bench and he's healthy, if your team needs a spark, that, that's, there's no bigger spark that you can give your team than making a quarterback switch. So they'll have you know about 10 days to think about it. Right, so I want to I want to put you on the spot now, but just before I ask about how people can listen to you know the Jets coverage uh, on the radio, overseas, or wherever, I want to put you uh, on the spot. Give me uh, what you think, how the game goes. I want a result. Are the Jets going to win, or is it going to be Dolphins win? Um, I think the Jets will win the game. I would be surprised if the game wasn't still competitive in the second half. Certainly, maybe even in the fourth quarter. But if you just look at how these two teams are built right now. Um, the strength of the Dolphins is supposed to be their defensive line, and their right. defensive line has been largely ineffective. Um, the Jets have taken the ball away, and last week, you know, Ryan Tannehill had three interceptions, and they can't run it. You know, so you should be able, if you just play solid run defense, to put the Dolphins in a situation where they've got against a pretty good Jet secondary um, kind of must-pass situations. Um, you know, the, the Jets have, with Chris Ivory, been able to run the ball, and the Dolphins have not been great at stopping the run. So I, I just think there are too many check marks in the Jets' favor for them not to find a way to win the game. All right, so let's let's talk a bit about uh, you. You uh, you work for ESPN, and you call a lot of games. Now, here in the U.K., we don't really get much coverage, and a couple of people have, have been texting me, because they're big Jet fans, and they've been watching a lot of college football, and they say, I hear his voice, it just sounds like a guy that calls the Jets games, and I'm like, I had to find out, and it, it's definitely you. So, you. so you're a busy guy, so you're covering college football, and you cover the Jets. Yeah, college football, college basketball for ESPN. Also have an opportunity the past five years to come over here and cover the Open wow. uh, on radio in the U.K. So that's been great. St. Andrews this past year uh, have been to Royal St. George's, Litham, um, you know, Hoylake. I mean, there have been some, you know, some of those 
you know, bucket list places that, that a golf fan would want to go. Uh, but primarily I do college basketball and college football back in the U.S. for ESPN and, of course, the Jets. Awesome. Um, so where can people catch that if they're overseas? Well, uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, I believe there's a link through the website that you can go. I think the NFL also has, you know, a, I think it's a pay service, but you can get every game radio broadcast, I believe, um, you know, if you if you go to the you know NFL.com site and sign up for their service. Um, you know, usually there's there's ways to find it if you're ambitious enough to look for it, and obviously we appreciate anybody who is. No, oh, yeah, as, as a die-off fan myself, I find that's the only way to listen to it. You can hear in his voice. I mean, he gets he gets right behind it, and it, it certainly does pull me up. So, uh, Bob, Bob and Susan, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, gang, that was uh, my main man, Bob with Susan. And let me tell you, that interview was awesome. And if you listen back to it, this was recorded on Friday at Jets Practice. He really, I mean, does he have a crystal ball? Because he hit on everything. He was right on the money in what he said. He'd be competitive into the second quarter, which it really shouldn't have been when you look back on the whole, because it was always going to be a, a Jets victory. But the Dolphins did, you know, they looked like they were going to come back at some point. But um, it was awesome. To, to sit down with, with Bob, very accommodating, very down-to-earth. And uh, after the interview, I, I did manage to have a good chat with him. And, uh, yeah, he was very interested in what he said. Yeah, Julian, you know what? I think the point of this is playing this, even though we know what happened in the game, is that the prediction aspect of it, the analysis, and some of the things, the generalization, the kind of um, looking at the team and saying, this is what they need to do to be successful. It wasn't just for this Dolphins game. This This is really very pertinent to the Jets as a, as a team moving forward to what they need to do to be successful. I mean, we know what happened in, in this game, and we're going to get into the game in a minute. And I had a chance to catch up with, with Manish uh, Mehta before the game, but um, do you have anything else to throw in about Bob before uh, we get to him? Yeah, well, I just wanted to kind of jump into to, to practice on, on Friday, mm-hmm. and, and it was an opportunity um, for me to, to meet up with Ligia Duzevel, and, you know, Ligier as over has been very accommodating to the show. You know, whenever you've been there in for Green Zone, Dennis, you've always gone down there. He's made himself available, um, even on a loss as well, and has always done this. Now, I've actually got to know Ligier on, on a personal level as well. Um, you know, with, we, he, he loves FIFA, you know, and, uh, FIFA soccer, for anyone who doesn't understand, on, on the Xbox. So we've played, uh, you know, a few games and, you know, we've uh, exchanged some um, some texts and such. So in the meanwhile, knowing that it was coming over, um, I got in touch with some people at Manchester City, uh, his favourite uh, soccer club uh, in the UK, the Premier League. And um, I told him that he was, you know, a big a big Manchester City fan and, and who he was. And they wanted to, um, you know, give him a, a personal message from um, Sergio Aguero. And if you don't know who Sergio Aguero is, he's probably one of the biggest stars in the Premier League and in world soccer football. Um, he, he is he's definitely, you know, the main man. So Sergio recorded a message, a personal message to Ligia and the New York Jets. And a lot of people have come back and said, well, isn't he a Dallas Cowboys fan? Sergio is, but what they were trying to do, he was just trying to say thanks for the support and, you know, give some encouragement. So I thought that was pretty nice of him to stop what he was doing on Tuesday before he was um, about to go out for a Champions League game. He recorded this message. Ligia got a chance to see it and he was so thrilled. So as practice finishes, I meet up with Ligia and we recorded this and you can actually see it on 
um, on Facebook and on Twitter and such, and I'll put the, the, the link out there so you guys can see it. I record him giving him the signed jersey in a box, and let's just say he was pretty excited, and uh, I think his reaction kind of said it all, and that, and that was great to see, you know, just, um, you know, that kind of reaction, and it really didn't mean something to him. So he, he was doing absolute backflips, and, you know, it was uh, it was pretty special for me. But um, just a good thing in general. Like I said, we appreciate everything that, you know, we get access to and stuff like that. It's just nice to give something back. Yeah, you know, a signed jersey from the whole team and a guy who, who, you know, he was very excited. I'm sure he's going to put it, kind of frame it and put it up. And and, and, and on Friday, we, we there was the practice was, it was actually very nice weather and they had some kids and they were doing a camp and, you know, the Plastic practice itself set. was fairly was fairly light, right, Julian? The, the practice itself yeah. was fairly light, just to get them stretched out a little bit. They did the camp with the kids. It was it was nice. It was nice to see. And you know, the one thing that we're gonna you, theme you're gonna hear uh, in our interviews and myself, and even when I play Manish here, uh, is a confident bunch of guys on Friday. They look like a, they didn't look like a team that just came off a loss. Confident bunch of guys. And, right. you know, that really carried into the game. They were confident going into the game. I'm wondering if the Dolphins were confident going into the game. Uh, from the way they, they looked, I'm taking nothing away from the Jets' victory, but I don't think they were very confident, the Dolphins, going into the, into the game, and the Jets were. So that definitely played into their favor. But how about, uh, Julian, I just, I just played this interview with Manish Mehta. Um, he kind of hits on some things here. And, and again, it's they, him and Bob kind of predict the future with the crystal ball. And we both predicted a victory for the jets last week, but I think Manish makes some good points. But the one thing I wanted to hit on with Manish was about bringing a team to London. And this is the overseas fans that listen to the show about what he thought about bringing a team to London. I thought that that was as pertinent an issue as the game itself. So, because there may be eventually a team in London, let's play that right now. So here's Manish. All right, Green Zone Radio, I'm here with Manish Mehta from the New York Daily News, a Jets beat reporter. He's here at the Wembley Stadium, the Dolphins versus the Jets. So, um, Manish, Jets coming off a tough loss last week against Philadelphia, kind of came back in the second half. But what do you see as the keys to the game for the Jets to be victorious today? I think they have to control the line of scrimmage. And, you know, one of the, the points of emphasis this week, obviously, has been how the Jets will contend with uh, Indomitian, too, with Ryan Winter starting mm-hmm. for... Willie Cologne, and that's not a storyline a lot of people talk about, of course, but I, I think if the offensive line can give Ryan Fitzpatrick time, they, they should win this game. I think that I think they should win you know, relatively comfortably. Obviously, Miami's a, kind of a team in disarray. There's talk about maybe a coaching change in, in the future if, if they lose, you know, coming off an embarrassing loss against Buffalo. I don't think people in Miami are pretty happy, so... It's really a desperate team in many respects. What the Jets found in Philadelphia last week, they were also mm-hmm. a desperate team, and they obviously, uh, uh, with their backs against the wall, played pretty well. So, you know, Miami games, you know, Dennis, the Miami games uh, are typically tough, regardless of whether it's in Philadelphia, uh, whether it's in New Jersey or Miami yeah. or maybe even London. So maybe it'll be a tight game, but my gut tells me that the Jets should win this comfortably. Yeah, you were at practice on Friday. I think I kind of got this feeling from the team, and maybe you got the same thing. I wanted to get your reaction. I felt that they were still a confident bunch, even though they came up with a disappointing loss last week. Did you notice that maybe a lot of the veterans kind of take things in stride and know that it's a marathon, not a sprint? Yeah, and I think that uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think that really flows from their head coach. Because Todd, Todd Bowles, you know, Todd Bowles does have that uh, level-headed men- mm-hmm. mentality, and and that's really permeated throughout this team. There's a lot of young guys and a lot of new guys, of course, that weren't on the team last year. So, 
the fact that the, they lost one game after after that big Monday night win in Indianapolis, uh, you know, I don't think that discouraged anyone. And, and you also have to factor in that the offense was uh, shorthanded. They didn't have Eric Decker. They didn't have Chris mm-hmm. Ivory. Now Chris Ivory's going to play. Uh, Eric Decker's going to see how he feels in pregame warm-ups. Uh-huh. But if he's there, then Ryan Fitzpatrick has his three main weapons in Marshall, Decker, and Ivory. And I think they'll be able to move the ball against the Miami. Uh, just, just on kind of on a, on a personal note for the London fans, for the international fans. I mean, how has your time been in London here? How, how, how have you enjoyed being around a lot of the NFL fans here over in the UK? And could you see eventually the NFL having the team here? Do you think that, that could work? With you see kind of the enthusiasm that they do have for American football. Uh, absolutely, and I, I do think to answer the first part of your question uh, that it, it's been a fun environment. I've been here for a couple of days now, and there's a lot of energy. And whether you're talking to football fans from America or, or natives who uh, are intrigued by the game, uh, and there's a lot of Miami Dolphins uh, fans here, uh-huh. and a lot of Dan Marino jerseys I see floating around here. Uh, but I do think that the logistics are, are difficult. Now, the NFL clearly, I think, wants an NFL team here. Mm-hmm. And I think Jacksonville, if you're going to handicap it, is probably the franchise uh, because of ShotCon, their owner, yeah. having interest out here to, to maybe have them ultimately move here. Mm-hmm. Logistically, I think it's very difficult. If, if you're going to work out players, for example, in the middle of the week, you're not obviously going to fly them to London. So you're going to have to have a satellite office uh, you know, somewhere in the States yeah. to, to handle that part of it. and. And you know, do free agents want to come here? That's that's another viable mm-hmm. question. Uh, how, how do the, what are the tax implications? There there are a lot of questions, but I, I know that ideally the league would like to have a franchise here, and there's at least one owner who would like to make it happen. All right, Manish Mehta for the New York Daily News and also an SNY contributor. We really appreciate your time today. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Dennis. Take care. All right, that was Manish, and I know that some some Jeff fans. <laughs> wrote some interesting things on uh, on our Twitter handle about Manish, and I know that sometimes he's not liked by Jeff fans, but, um, you know, Manish can, a little bit with his writings, you know, sometimes he, again, he it is what it is. Um, they're out there to um, get people to view their things, and, um, but but I will say this um, about, he did hit a lot, of, he, a lot of the keys to the game, and uh, you're bringing a uh, team over to London, the tax implications, there's a lot of things uh, about that, but the one thing that he brought up was the running game, Julian, and you know right. that was key key in this. I mean, they rushed for over 200 yards. I mean, Chris Ivory, we're going to get into that. It was 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 great, and um, you know that that certainly, unlike last week where they lost, where they had 47 yards rushing, they had the balance attack this week. They ate clock. They they kept the defense off the field, meaning the Jets defense, and they kept the Miami Dolphins defense on their heels. They never knew what was coming. Right, yeah, and you talk about Chris Ivory, I think he was one of the the main factors along with Brandon Marshall in the game, I think them two, you know, combined, you know, were really the Jets' offense, if you will, you had Chris Ivory that every time he got the rock, they just bulldozed people over, and that was what they missed, not to go back to the Eagles game, but if you notice, whatever they rushed for, 47, they missed him, they missed that guy that can get to the next level, that can just get, bounce off a of safety and, and get the th- uh, and get the first down. It, they were limited to Jets. You know, they were limited to throwing the ball because they knew they couldn't run, run the ball. This time, it was really the other way around. You know, I mean, the Jets could run the ball all day on them because they they were pretty terrible to watch. They they couldn't stop a nosebleed, let alone cipher it. You know, and obviously it opened up the passing game as well. And as you saw through the game, you saw um, uh, Brandon Marshall. You know, he, I mean, he exploded. I mean, the Jets, that first drive that they got, you know, they went down and scored. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think you could kind of see, not to get big-headed and cocky, but the way that the game were going, they couldn't stop the run. I think there was only really one outcome where it, you knew where the game was going to go. I mean, the guy, the, for me, myself, being up in, in the press box, you've kind of got to, you know, you lose a bit of your fandom because you're trying to be professional. I was kind of nearly losing it at the end because I was trying to cheer and you, you kind of forget where you are, <laughs> if you will. Well, I was right in front of the end zone where Rivas and uh, Marcus Williams intercepted and I were kind of jumping up and pushed the air and you kind of get a look, couple of people, you know, said people, you guys probably know, like kind of like looking at you sideways, but it's just that emotion, the thing you've got to kind of, and it's tough to do. It really is tough to do when you're like I say, you're watching the drafts because it can push straight in. Yeah, no, I've done the same thing even in, even at MetLife. I've, I had to kind of hush my mouth. Whoa, I was like, yes. And I'm like, whoops. So, uh, but it was very exciting to see. And, um, you know what? I on Friday I had an opportunity to speak with Brian Winters about um, blocking Don McIntyre. I, I did do an interview with him, and he he said, you know, he's a great player, but we're just going to have to follow our fundamentals, and we face great players every week. And um, I did catch up with Brian after the game, and why don't we play the interview right now? Because he was part of the success uh, with running the ball. Obviously, the offensive line opened up holes for him for Ivory, and Ivory did the rest. Let's listen to Brian right now. Hello, everyone from Green Zone Radio. I'm here with Brian Winters, uh, starting right guard for the New York Jets. They're coming off a big victory here in London against the Miami Dolphins. So, Brian, last week, obviously a disappointment. But you guys, you were physical from the, the word go. You ran the ball for over 200 yards. I mean, you just imposed your will upon the Dolphins. I mean, was that just the game plan going in? Was it just a mentality to just be physical and outperform them? Yeah, we, we, know, we knew coming in the game that, you know, it was going to be important for us to run the ball. Um, they're really good defense, but, you know, we studied them up and you know, stuck to our game plan and what we know, and that's running the ball. So it worked out, and like I said, they're a very good team, but we, uh, we played really good. You know, I heard a lot of this last week. You've got to start fast. And right away, boom, out of the gate, you get a big play. Brandon Marshall catches a long pass. You go down and score. I mean, did that guy really get the momentum rolling in your favor? They get a quick score, and you just kept going. 100%. Um, you pretty much answered for us. It gave us some momentum. Uh, gave us uh, a lot of confidence. You know, it's always great to come out the gate and start that way. Now, what, what did the coach kind of say to you at halftime? I know you guys were up. You were doing the right things. Did you just say just continue the same things? Or did you have to make some adjustments to worry about what they'd come out and do to you in the second half? We said to continue to work and uh, stick to what we know, uh, stick to the game plan, and uh, continue to fight. Now, I, I know there was late in the game there was an interception, but you guys really didn't turn the ball over. That was more like a punt throwing it down the field. I mean, last week you guys were minus three in turnovers, and you, when you won the turnover, over battle like you did today, you won the game. So it's just a recipe for success for this team. Run the ball, be balanced on offense, win the turnover battle. It definitely helps. You know, that's the biggest thing. Um, we keep from turning the ball over, you know, we're going to be confident. And if we're confident, we're going to continue to play well. Uh, and again, quickly, the confidence level of this team on Friday seemed very high. I, I mean, even coming off a loss, you guys seem very confident about going into this next game. Do you just think that you have a, a great group of guys, a lot of veteran leadership, who know how to move on from a defeat and get ready for the next game and get a big victory? Yeah, it definitely helps. You know, it definitely helps having older guys, you know, older guys you can lean on and, and whatnot. But um, our game plan stays the same no matter what. doesn't matter if we win, lose, draw. Uh, we're always going to continue to work and uh, improve. All right, Brian Winter, starting right guard, New York Jets. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Thank you Brian. All right. Well, you know, again, Brian was coming in for Willie Cologne. You know, he was a little banged up there and um, did, a, did a nice job on a Dominic and Sue. 
I mean, I, again, I maybe the Dolphins are regretting signing Sue. The only thing he seems to want to do is kick people in the head when they're down. Uh, that was but, disgusting, by the way. That was disgusting. Yeah. And if anyone, yeah. if anyone, just before I jump in, Todd Bowles was asked at the press conference if he thinks that uh, Sue did it on purpose. Now he says, I don't think he did. Now me, what I took from that, and again, this is only what I took. I just think he just didn't want anything to do with that. Now I think he looks at the film and says he definitely did do it. Um, but I just don't think he wants to get dragged into that whole thing. So it was easy to say, just stay out of it and let the league um, deal with it. And me personally, whenever they come, Dennis, what is it, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, after a week, there's usually a nice little envelope in your locker that says, by the way, you've been fined, you know, eight grand or whatever it is. You know better. But I, I would bet that he will definitely get a fine because uh, going off his history, it looked a little dirty to me. Yeah, yeah, that 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 wasn't a great play. You know, just just to go back a little bit, I actually had a chance to speak with Andrew Abramson, who writes for the Palm Beach Post before the game, and I asked him. I said I had done some interviews with him in the past, so I got to meet him. I said, "What do you think about this game?" He said, "He said, um, you know, the Jets are going to win." So you know, even the Miami beat reporters were saying that the Jets were going to win. He felt that the uh, the Dolphins obviously fired their coach afterwards. Joe Philbin was on the hot seat. Uh, they didn't come out. They and nothing against the Jets. Look, the Jets played great. I thought the Jets played inspired ball, and then, um, but just the Dolphins really from the from the moment the kick the ball kicked off, I felt like the the Jets were up confident, and the Dolphins were on their heels flat, not really into the game. Uh, so what do you yeah, think well, about it, Julian? Well, I just wanted to pick up on that as well. You know, around around the stadium and such like that, I can't remember where we were. We were on a if we were on a, a tour bus or somewhere, and we came to the fan rally. And there was that, you know, there's so many Dolphin fans, first and foremost, around Wembley and, um, you know, around London. And they weren't confident either. You know, that's the thing. I think I can't remember where we were when we bumped into one. I was like, you're going to win? I I don't think so. And I mean, he was a Dolphins fan. Even he wasn't. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. But, um, you know, that's what they say it is. But, you know, just to be in that stadium, like I say, and, and to look, there was a lot, a lot of Dolphin fans. I mean, there was a nice section of Jet fans. If you if you watch the game, I'm thinking we Fireman Ed was kind of across from us with a you know a few Jet fans, but it it was a, you know a strange old game. But you know I think there there were more Dolphin fans in Wembley Stadium that there's ever been in Sun Life Stadium. I, I definitely believe that. No, Julian, that's true. You know the thing about Fireman Ed is that I <laughs> and I gotta give give a shout out to Fireman Ed Jason from uh, NewYorkJetsFans.com. Uh, unfortunately, our our good friend Tyson Roush he wasn't able to make it. He would have been on the plane right in front of me. They were sitting in a row right in front of in front of me. We got to chit chat about the game. You know, those guys did a good job getting the chant going. But you know, when the Dolphins scored, the place erupted, and I was like, what? And I heard the Jet chant, and then I heard the Dolphin fans. And you're right, there were there was a nice contingent of Jet fans. A lot of the People flew over from New York, uh, the, flew over from different places, Jeff fans, but you definitely felt like you were the minority. And if the game had gone differently, meaning the Dolphins were up, like we were doing what the Jets did, I think you would have heard a lot more noise. It's just that they didn't have much to cheer about. So that was definitely, you know, definitely uh, I, I, I saw that. A lot of the Jeff fans we saw did say in Tafalgar Square that there were a lot of Dolphin fans. Manish mentioned that uh, I think he said he saw a lot of Marino jerseys, and a lot of people, a lot of Dolphin fans, told me that Ace Ventura was the reason why they're a Dolphin fan. And you know, the Irish fans said that it was because of the Green. So kind of interesting little tidbits of how people become fans. I saw a Green Bay Packer fan, and she said she so she likes cheese. So just just interesting. But why don't we get into the yeah, defense side funny. of the ball? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny, Julian. But why don't, why don't we get into the defensive side of the ball and uh, get rolling with some of these injuries? We have a lot of them. 
Uh, we don't want to waste too much time here. So let's let's talk. You, before, go ahead, Julian. You talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, guys, before before you listen to this, this was a first for me. So I was kind of like the intern. Whenever you've listened to this, Dennis has gone in. Dennis has done the interviews. And like I said, I've always chatted with him and wanted to know his experience because although Dennis is a season ticket holder, he's not going in there with his green and white shirt on, jumping up and down. You've kind of got to act professional when you're going in the press box and then when you're going down to the locker room. And it was very, I suppose, daunting for me. I kind of had a heads up of it because I've been there Friday at practice and I, obviously I'd seen all these guys up personal, you know, and I'm walking past the Debrickershaw Ferguson and the guy's an absolute monster. You know, I mean, he's absolutely huge. You know, for me, I mean, these guys are massive. But it is very strange that, you know, walking by, um, you know, I ran to Brandon Marshall at practice as well, as all I remember, and he came over and shook my hand. Um, you know, good to see him. Very nice guy, very happy and such. So we're going to play some interviews now when we're going down into the, into the locker room. My first time in the locker room. And I just want to explain before we do it. When I'm asking interviews, and Dennis has told me this a ton before, it's an absolute free-for-all in there. All the press are waiting outside to go in. Uh, before the doors, uh, you know, come open, um, we're all, there's everybody there, and you're just basically going to go in, and you've got to, you've just got to get whoever you see, whenever they're ready and willing to do an interview, you've got to get there. And I noticed a couple of times when I was doing interviews, before I knew it, I was on my own with this person. And then all of a sudden there was SMY cameras and like 20 people with the microphones in the in the face, which was very surreal to me. Um, so they're doing all this and, you know, get getting as many quotes as they could for the said um, articles and such, which was, you know, very interesting. But it's all new to me, so just please bear with it. I did get some great interviews. And probably my couple of greatest interviews I got was with the quarterbacks. I got Geno Smith and Bryce Petty one-on-one and sat down. And we'll play them later on. They're good, but I was very, very happy with them. So, Dennis, you're in charge of the board. Where are we going first? Uh, why don't we go to Quentin Copels? Because, you know, the defense played a big role, and I thought he gave a lot of good information. So why don't we go with Copels first, and then we'll we'll just roll them right out one after another. So here's Julian with Quentin Copels. All right, Greens on Red Army here in the Jets locker room with Quinton Corpels. Quinton, I was at practice on, on Friday and I noticed you guys were confident. What is the what was the coach's message here? Uh just be aggressive. Uh set the tone offensively and defensively and uh just continue to stay aggressive throughout the whole day. All right. Defense defense came to play today. I mean you're out there, you won the turnover battle, which I I, I think was key. Mm-hmm. You know, Revis with the uh interceptions, you gotta be pleased with that. Uh yeah. You know, Marcus Ware had an interception, Revis had an interception. We got uh two fourth down turnovers. Uh, so that was uh, huge. That plays a difference in the game. We want to always get three or more. Uh, so we, we played pretty well. Uh, gave up 14 points. It's something that we can correct and move forward. There was uh, quite a few penalties there as well. How do you go about cleaning that up? Um, you know, we just got to be better on our technique. Uh, you know, one thing about us, even though we had those penalties, we stay poised and continue to fight. And, uh, you know, that's what it always, that's what it comes down to. You know, there are going to be games that we have penalties, but as long as we stay poised and continue to fight, everything else will be okay. All right, just a quick uh, mention to the offense. I don't know what uh, Brandon Marshall and uh, Ivory have for breakfast today, but they just went off today. I mean, Brandon was there through the air, and, and he would just, uh, Ivory would just steamrolling everyone. Well, what would you guys have for breakfast? Uh, we had a good, we had a good breakfast, good layout. 
uh, John I have chef was uh, tremendous on giving us the proper nutrition, had a sleep specialist come in. I think that played a difference. Uh, so we were just well prepared all the way around. Uh, big ups to the coaches and uh, J. Mel and his staff for all coming together, John and the cooks to come together and make sure that we were prepared mentally and physically. All right, last question. The Jets, the 3-1, they're heading into Dubai. How far can this team? Oh, there we go. So that was, uh, you know, Quinton Corpels. And that's when, that's when it kind of said it got interesting. There was plenty of um, media around me at that point. And like I say, it was very, very daunting. So I also got a chance to, just before I was leaving, to uh, hit Jeremy Curley. So, Dennis, do you want to pay the Jeremy Curley interview, please? Sure. All right, Generation, I'm down here in the locker room with Jeremy Curley, Jets wide receiver. Uh, Jeremy, what's it like playing in London? I mean, this is strange, right? You, you look around and you see all these jerseys and such like that. You see a lot of green and white as well. What's it like being over, playing over here? Uh, it's a big appreciation. I feel good being over here and welcome um, how we've been working. Um, I think, uh, like I said, I look forward to coming back. It's something I, I, I experienced my first time out the country, so I had, I had a good time. Yeah. Honorable mention for this offense, yeah? You got going today. I don't know what you guys have for breakfast. Brandon Marshall, you're just eating it up. Chris Ivory came back in and we're just pushing everyone over. I mean, it's got to be good to play in right now, right? Definitely, man. Um, when this offense gets going, it's hard to stop. The thing is, though, is we just got to keep going. You know, get going fast. And that's one thing that we did. We attacked fast and, you know, we overtook the game. Let me ask you, do you make personal goals for yourself? Definitely. What, what do you, are, you, are you meeting them or are you, are you on target for them? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm getting there. You know, I'm taking a... I'm taking baby steps to get there. You know, you can't make one step without making the first step. So, um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely headed in the right direction for myself. Jeremy Curley, I've got to ask you, what does Jeremy Curley do on his bye week? You get a couple of days. Now you're a normal guy like everyone else when you when you're not being a superstar. So what is what is what do you do for fun? I'm a family man, and so I'll go back to Texas. I'm from uh, Texas. Yeah. Um, go back to Texas, try to be with my family as much as I can, and uh, I mean, just work on work on my brand, work on you know Jeremy Curley. Yeah. Now, do you play Xbox or PlayStation? Nah, no nah. video games for me. That's boring. Not boring, is it? Yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah, that's so what it is. What about TV shows? You watch any good TV shows? Um, I just watched the uh, second series of Power. I don't know if you've heard about that. I don't know if we have that over here. Nah, nah. It's, it's, I think it's an American TV show, but uh, it has to do with, um, uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, 50 Cent's kind of the, right. the main guy behind it. But it's a nice little episode, man. You should, you should look it up. And lo- what last question? What kind of music you listen to the moment? I mean, you're a pretty trendy guy, so I yeah. want to listen to what kind of music. I'm all over the place, man. I, I couldn't say I have a favorite, um, but if you look at my uh, in my music selection, I think you probably see a little bit of Kevin Gates. That's probably my my rapper right. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. Well, listen, good luck, safe flight home. Right. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thank, Thank you very much. All right, gang. That was uh, Jets wide receiver Jeremy Curley, and I've got to say. He is as, as cool as it sounds. I mean, it was he, the thing is, you guys have got to understand something. The guys are getting mobbed in there. I mean, as soon as the door is open, I mean, they're just, you know, getting changed. They've got towels around them, and there's a million people in there. Some of them just want some privacy. Some of them are a bit grouchy. And I think as well, people have never seen me like before. So obviously some people recognize me, but there's other ones out there that didn't recognize me. And again, they just think you're vultures trying to catch them off. So, you know, you you do get some people when you say, well, can you spur a couple of questions? And they'll say, no, straight out, no. And, you know, I, do I blame them? Not really. But um, he was a pretty cool guy. And uh, we had a chat 
off when I stopped recording. Very, very nice guy, family man, very humble, good guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, Jeremy's faced a little adversity this year. Um, you know, he's kind of fallen down the depth chart now. Some of the guys have been banged up, Decker, Owusu. So, um, you know, he's been able to kind of get more of a role in the offense now besides just catching punts. And who knows what's going to happen with him moving forward. But he's been very professional about handling it. And you know what? He, he, he's been a solid guy through his Jet career. Why he's fallen down the depth charts, we, we speculated in the past. But it was, it was nice to you know, see him out there getting some time with the offense, catching punts, and, and contributing to the victory. And it's good to hear a little bit about him personally. Because, again, we just see robots out there, numbers in a helmet. These guys are people. They like to, um, you know, they, they like to do stuff in their spare time. They like to have a little bit of fun. So that was, that was good, to, good to see. But I did catch up with one of the, one of the – Somebody who, uh, at first, I wasn't a big fan of the signing of this guy. But, you know, I kind of see now where when they looked at the films and stuff and said, what does this guy do well and and why would he fit with the system? Is a buster screen. And you know, I think he's becoming a, a fan favorite. You see him a lot. And let, let me just go into the interview because I ask him a lot of questions. And just quickly, uh, Julian, do you want to give, give me a quick plug? Because I uh, actually part of this, this interview is already up somewhere else. Yeah, well, I found this as well. When Dennis was on the flight home, obviously, I remember seeing the cameras. And, you know, like you guys do as well, you'll go to NewYorkJets.com and you'll see the interviews in the locker room. And you usually see, you know, faces that you recognize within the Christine Dyers and Manishas and such. So I was looking for myself more than I was Dennis. And I come to the bus screen one because I remember Dennis going, going for him while I went to try and get someone else. And it was Dennis's voice. This was Dennis. This is what I'm talking about. About Dennis was on his own, and he gave me the opportunity. Says you can have have him or someone. We're just looking to get as much as we could because you're on a limited time. So Dennis says, "I'll I'll go and get him." So before I know it, he's the the next time I look around at Dennis, there must be 20 people around him, and the cameras are on. So this one was taken. I obviously thought it was good because it made it a feature. And this is just um, this is just how Dennis rolls. He brings his A game. <laughs> And not only does, you know, is it good enough for Greens on radio, it's good enough for NewYorkJets.com. So why don't you take it away, Mr. Superstar? Uh, yeah, they took a few of these questions out of there. So if, if anybody did see it, I hope you enjoyed the questions. But now you get to hear the entire interview. Let's roll with Buster Screen. Exclusive. Hi, Greens on radio. I'm here with Buster Screen. And he's coming off a big victory over the Miami Dolphins this week out in London. So, Buster, I was saying this to all the defensive players. I mean, you guys just look like, I mean, vicious. This is the only word I can describe this defense. I mean, you held the Dolphins to 170 yards. I mean, you were all over the place. You were blitzing. You were in coverage. You almost had an INT. I thought you were going to grab that one. But, I mean, it just looked different than last week when, they, when the Philadelphia Eagles seemed to run the ball on you guys. And this week, you guys were just very controlling the line of scrimmage. You seemed very much in control of the game. So what did you do differently this week to prepare for the Dolphins and stop their offense that maybe you corrected from last week? Well, I coached Priest the whole week. Start fast, start fast, start fast. Last week when we played Philly, we started slow. They got a couple points on us. And then we tried to come back in the second half, didn't have enough time. So, I mean, that's all we did today, just started fast. You know, I've heard, I heard that theme last week about we need to start fast. And I, I think this defense is predicated on playing with a lead. When you're playing with a lead, you can just pin your ears back and go after them. Do you feel that way, too, that you're going to create turnovers that way and get even a bigger lead? Yeah, I mean, once we create turnover, once we get up, I mean, Coach Bowles and Coach Case, they're not pulling back. You know what I'm saying? We're going to keep blitzing. No quarterback likes getting hit every play, so that's what we've done. You know, that's what we're good at. Now, how do you how do you feel you fit in this system with Coach Bowles? I mean, it really looks like he moves you around a lot. You're very versatile. Do you think that gives you an advantage out there with his system because you're all over the field? Yeah, um, I blitz a lot. 
man to man coverage, sometimes mm-hmm. I drop back. So a lot of times before the quarterback hikes the ball, he'll point me out because he yeah. thinks I'm coming and I'm not coming. Yeah. So I am I mean they they gave me a key role to his defense and I feel like I've been doing it well so far. Now, I asked this also of a lot of the players, but on Friday I was at practice. And it seemed like you guys were real confident, real up, even though you lost the game last week, and I know it's disappointing to come off a loss, but you've been in the league a while. A lot of these guys are here are veterans. Do you think that veteran leadership really helped propel you forward after a defeat, put the disappointment behind you, the bad taste in your mouth, and get a big victory today over division rival? Yeah, we know how good our team is. Everybody on this team has been in every situation, every type of team. So we really don't worry about nothing. We just follow Bowles. If you watch Bowles, he's always calm. He never yeah. pants about anything. That's kind of the role we take. So do you think that a lot of the poise that this team gets comes from the head coach, from him being very poised and calm? 100%. 100%. What about Chris Ivory on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, he just he, – he's a, he's, a, he's a man amongst boys. I mean, he just breaks tackles. I, I think he's one of the leaders in the league on yards after contact. So that must be nice to see you guys get to sit in the sideline, rest, watch long drives, watch the clock tick down with the lead. Yeah, Chris Ivory, grown man. I mean, everybody's bouncing off of him. He's always getting yards after contact. I mean, you got to appreciate it back like that. When you have a strong running game, it only opens up things in the passing game. What about playing with Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie? I know they've been in the league a little bit longer than you. Does that really help? Have they been mentoring you a little bit, teaching you some of the things that they know because of their experience? One thing about them, they're always poised, no panic. Okay. So in the second day, everything is really fluid. You know what I'm saying? We don't have many mental errors. I mean, we're all on the same page, so it's good to play with some veterans back there, Gilly, even CP. Now, you're going into a bye week this weekend. You're obviously coming off a big victory, 3-1, and 1-0 and in the division. You get a little extra rest, but what do you think you need to kind of concentrate on that didn't go so well in the first four games and accentuate the positive things that did and kind of correct the things that went wrong and build on the things that went right? Just dissect the film, try to get a step better. I mean, we're going to take the time, get our bodies right, but just get a step better. Yeah, you're going to get some guys back healthy. Are you just looking forward to this extra week? You think that really helps just, you know, it helps get guys healthy, and it also helps yourself as far as getting two weeks to prepare for another team. Yeah, we got a couple guys banged up. Some guys went down today. So this bye week's going to help us. Hopefully after the bye week, we just get on the roll, just taking one down at a time. All right, Buster Screen, starting cornerback. I'll put you as a starter because you're out there all the time for the New York Jets. I appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know what? I mean, Buster's done. You see, here's one of the things that I wanted to highlight with Buster's interview, which is what he said. When when he's out there, he comes on the blitz a lot. But he talked about. He does. You know, yeah, but but not. But here's the thing, as a decoy, when he says he says if you if you, if you remember, he said that sometimes the, the quarterbacks point him out, like you know, forty one's coming, but he's not coming. He's dropping into coverage, whether it's zone or man. So you know, that's that's a nice little chess piece right there, just to keep the offense guessing. Because it looks like he's going to blitz, and then if they're going to read hot or something like that, that's where you can maybe get – or all of a sudden he drops back into coverage. And then the guy thinks, okay, I'm going to have that, that space there vacant for my receiver, and boom, he drops back. Now, if he comes and he comes free, you know, he's not he, – he's going to get some pressure. So he's been good at kind of mixing it up and, and really working in the system. I, I think he really fits in the system well. And it was, it was great to get a chance to talk to him. And like I said, um, if you want to check out the actual – video portion of that is on your jets.com and i appreciate the plug julian thank you very much okay yeah um well listen i'm going to jump in i saw mohammed wilkerson it was all alone in the locker room i will say this though he didn't look happy and when i was approaching him he didn't he looked even more unhappy because again he doesn't know who i am and he probably thinks um you know i was gonna hound him but when i just told him who i was and such he was very nice and he said yeah but I did notice this, just just to took it out there. 
after I was finished, Rich Samini walked up to him and he and he told him where to go. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so Dennis, he <laughs> was funny. Hit the board, hit Mohammed Wilkerson. Uh, yeah, here, here's here's Big Mo. All right, I'm in the Jets locker room with uh, Mohammed Wilkerson, a victorious Jets locker room. Mohammed, what was it like out the playing out there here in Wembley Stadium? I'm sorry, sir, repeat that question. What was, what was it like playing out here at Wembley Stadium? You know, with different, was, right? Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, see a lot of different jerseys. Yeah. Uh, kind of felt like more of a. I know it was, my, it was a home game for Miami. Kind of felt like a home game for them, but uh, you know, it was great. You know, it was a great uh, atmosphere, and uh, yeah, it, it was cool playing in the stadium. Uh, I, I watched. Uh, a lot of the defense today. It looks like you guys came to play. I mean, you know, you you were you were going after the ball. You weren't giving Tannehill time. You were just on him all the time. What's it like? What's it like playing up up front with with these kind of players in the locker room? Uh, well, the key was just to get after the quarterback, get after the quarterback, and stop the run. Uh, we did that. Um, also, just wanted to come out and start fast, and we did that as well. Um, so that was a key, you know, to to come out on, you know. Offensive, defensive, we did that, uh, yeah. you know, and credit to, you know, the, the coaching staff making uh, good calls and, you know, the guys out there on the field executing. What, what about what about your offense? I mean, uh, Brandon Marshall, I mean, he had a huge game. Chris Ivory, I mean, we, we missed uh, we missed them guys, uh, and, and they were just straight out there making plays. Honorable mention for the offense. Uh, that's, you know, credit to the, you know, offensive coordinator and those guys over there, you know, making plays. You know, they had some good drives going down the field and putting up points on the board, you know, uh, you know, that's all we can ask the offense to do as a defense. And, uh, you know, defense, we've got to go out there and, of course, stop them, you know, stop them from scoring. And we did that as well, a couple of drives. So, you know, all around, you know, good performance by, uh, you know, offense, defense, special teams. Now this team, 3-1, and one, yeah, how far can you go? Um, we could be as good as we want to be. Um, we could let up some, some, you know, a few points, about two touchdowns. Uh, but once we watch film and correct that, you know, um, you know, we just got to correct it and move forward and, and you know, uh, enjoy this bye week and then get ready for the next opponents. All right. Are, are you, any plans on your, on your bye week? Do you spend it with family? Do you have any hobbies? Uh, family. Spend time with my family and my kids. All right. Well, who's the last one from home? Sure. Hey, uh, great game today. I mean, any predictions on him? All right. So that was more Wilkerson. I don't know if you heard at the end. He was last question. Again, he... You know, you've got to understand some the big guys, including Mo Wilkerson, the superstars, everyone surrounds them and they get it like a limited time. And then you have people from the Jets media walking around to make sure, you know, people are not getting hounded and hounded. So when I saw him on his own, you know, I went off a bit naughty, but I thought I'm on here once. And uh, <laughs> that was the thing. But it was just so funny when I'd gone up. And obviously, you could see the look on his face thinking, like, what the hell does this guy want? But when I told him it was one, it was very accommodating, very nice. And, and you know, he gave the interview. But it was even more funny when Rich Samini walked up and he blew him away. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is, as well, just you guys won't know, but um, Revis went to the podium. You, can't, you might have heard it in the background. It says, Revis to the podium. So off he goes. He was obviously a main player because he had an interception. Um, but when you go to the podium, you're not a, you're not um what's the word you're not uh you you don't have to give interviews in the locker room because that's your proportion dumb and of course when I saw Revis yeah I'm stood next to Revis and he's getting changed and you know I just said I said uh, you know Revis have you got a few words for a, a fan blog and once he found out you know it was a fan's show he was like yeah sure no problem but before it was just getting ready obviously the PR guys knew what I were up to and, and said no he's off limits so I was kind of gutted that I didn't have an opportunity to interview Revis it was all for doing it but you know, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, and they're just the rules.
Yeah, well, you know, that's what it is. And these guys do get bombarded. And, you know, after a while, I mean, sometimes if they do get bombarded and you can catch them maybe once in a while and say, listen, this is a one-off thing. I know you've been bombarded. They will do it. Uh, I know Rebus probably would have done it, but the the Jets PR staff, they got to do their job. And actually, uh, with, um, you know, talking about the running game and how important the running game was, Zach Stacy, I thought he, you know, Zach Stacy does a lot of little things that people don't notice. And I had a chance to interview him. And the funny thing was, the locker room was just about to close. And you might hear in the background of the screen, the locker room is closed as I'm finishing up my interview with Zach Stacy. So why don't we play that right now? Hello, Greens on the Radio. I'm here with Zach Stacy, running back for the New York Jets. So, first of all, Zach, congratulations. You had your first touchdown as a New York Jet. So, how did it feel to get on, get on the scoreboard uh, as a New York Jet as a running back? Uh, it felt good, man. It's just really just me trying to make an impact the best way I can for this uh, for this offense, for this team. Um, so, it's just all about making plays and uh, staying prepared like you're a starter. So, that's my mentality. You know what? I'm going to say this. I saw you do a backflip at practice on Friday. So, I knew you guys were up for this game. It didn't seem like you guys missed a beat. I know last week you were disappointed, but you looked very confident, upbeat at practice. And do you think having a lot of veterans on this team like yourself just allows you to put a defeat behind you, the disappointment behind you, get the bad taste out of your mouth, come out of here with a big victory in London? Oh, absolutely. You know, this is a long season. You know, mm-hmm. so even though it was, uh, you know, we don't want to talk about last week, but even though last week was somewhat disappointing, you know, we we didn't panic. You know, so uh, we knew we had a very good challenge this week with the Dolphins, their front seven, you know, with the Sue and all those guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were up for the challenge, you know. So we uh, we did a great job just executing in all phases of the game today. Is that what it was? Because last week you only had 47 yards rushing. I know you got down a little bit, so you may have abandoned the run a little bit. But this week, over 200 yards rushing. So, I mean, what changed? You started fast. You got a lead. Were they just on their heels? It looked like you guys were just physically dominating them. Was it just a physically dominating performance, better execution? Is that really what really led to success? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want to be balanced. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to be able to run and throw the ball, but, you know, uh, we want to control the line of scrimmage as well. So I think we did a good job of that today. Now, what about your defense? They only gave up 170 yards. I know you're on the offense side of the ball, but it must be nice. I mean, had, had a late turnover there, kind of got a little iffy. People getting a little scared, you know, a little heartbeat. They're racing a little bit, but the defense stepped up big today. Really dominated the line of scrimmage, like you said. Tannehill was running for his life. I mean, it was great to see from, from I guess, from your perspective and from ours. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like a domino effect. You know, the defense uh, played well to give us more opportunities, put uh-huh. the ball in the end zone, get points on the board. So it was just, like I said, just a good overall team effort. Now, how is it being a New York Jet? I, I know that you went to a little turmoil with the draft and, and the St. Louis Rams. How has your experience been here so far with the Jets? It's been great having you up for the two games. And you're 3-1, heading to a bye week. So how do you get to feel to be a New York Jet and contributing to the victory today? Oh, it feels good. You know, it feels good. I'm blessed. So I'm on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys are, you know, would love I to be in my Yeah, life. yeah, exactly. So with that being said, just good to just be able to help contribute the best way I can. You know, offense, special teams, whatever the case may be. So uh, just want to keep the momentum going. Now, you, you talked a little bit about the domino effect, and I want to get into that a little bit more. So when, when you guys feed off of each other, basically, offense, defense, special teams, I mean, when you when you see a big sack, you guys want to go out there and dominate as well. I mean, that, that does happen. Gets your juices flowing. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, defense uh, played great today. Uh, so, like I said, it just helped us to get more opportunities, you know. And uh, special teams was uh, pretty decent as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, you just want to keep, keep the ball rolling, keep the momentum going. I saw you on one play just quickly split out, and you, were, you it looked like a quick screen to Brandon Marshall, and you were blocking. So, I mean, you, you think your versatility really helps? You do kickoffs. You're a running back. You were, you were split out playing wide receivers. Do so you think that your versatility is really the key for your success in this offense? Oh, absolutely. You know, you got to be versatile, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of what offense, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, he gives us opportunities to make plays, and uh, whenever your number's called, you just got to do it. 
right, la last question. I heard from a lot of the players last week. We got to start fast. We got to start fast. You guys went right down the field and put up a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So I mean, running the and then you were able to just run clock, run your offense, be balanced. Mm -hmm. This is what you got this week. So this is a recipe for success for this offense: to be balanced, run the ball, and be able to throw the ball effectively mm -hmm. and not turn the ball over. Only one turnover today. You won the turnover battle. Absolutely. You know, that's it's a simple game. You know, be balanced on you know both sides on offense. Um, uh, aggressive defense. Don't turn the ball over. That's the name of the game. No penalties as well. All right. Zach Stacey, running back, New York Jets. Congratulations on your big victory in London. A unique experience. The first division game ever played overseas. So congratulations. Enjoy your bye week. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that was Zach Stacey, the running back for the New York Jets. He scored his first touchdown. You know, he's he, look, Ivory is the workhorse. We all know that. Powell went down, so Stacey got a little extra time. But it's good to see him contributing. He's happy to be up with the team. He went with the draft, you know, the, the St. Louis Rams had drafted another running back. He kind of wanted out of there. The Jets made a deal to get him. And it looks like now he's kind of helping with the depth with Irie when he was banged up with Philadelphia, with maybe Powell. Who knows what's going to happen with him. Good to have him, you know, very personable. And I, I thought you got a lot of information. Again, you kind of hear the same themes. We needed to start fast. We're a confident group. Uh, we have a lot of veterans. We're poised. And you do notice that about this team, that they, they, they certainly – they, they, they don't let their highs get too high or their lows get too low. They're kind of very even-keeled. No matter what happens in the game, they did stay calm. I mean, the Dolphins looked like they were going to make it a one-score game, but they were able to stop them. And I don't think the score, Julian, was really indicative of the way the game went. I really think the Jets physically dominated the Dolphins. No, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. I mean, you know, it, it kind of got uncomfortable, and, you know, they kind of were getting back into it at the end. I mean, the, especially where we were the fourth quarter. I mean, the press box is kind of right in front of that end zone. And, you know, we saw both interceptions pretty good. I think you even got one on video, which was awesome. I got both of them. But, yeah, you got both of them, and it was just good. But, you know, the, listen, NFL games, the, you know, the, you're always in it. You know, this game's not over, and it proves to be the case. But, you know, the Jets kind of, um, you know, it was nearly that. You know, there was some tweets going around, don't be this to Heidi Ball and all this kind of stuff. You know, it happened. I was getting frustrated, and at one point I started to be a Debbie Downer. I was like, the Jets are going to throw this game away. You know, I was saying a bit more colourful than that, but I was getting frustrated. And, uh, you know, from the score, the, the Jets really should have, you know, stomped all over. I did notice one thing, though, and not to rain. Look, the Jets came in, they got the W, and that's what counts. I, you know, you noticed Fitzpatrick, um, you know, started hot. That's what I noticed. He started hot. We started out great. But then he just kind of fizzled out. You know, there was maybe a couple of throws that were just off. And I don't know. I'm, we're just getting back from London and sorting all my stuff out. I don't know if that was the receiver's fault, that was the quarterback, that was the timing issue, or what it, whatever it was. I don't know what that, but I did notice that. And I just noticed against other teams, you, know, you can't afford to do that. You know, it, the way we started was brilliant. And that's what you need. You need four quarters of that. Um, but yeah. not to shoot him down. Not to shoot him down. You know, yeah. we came, we got the victory. And, um, you know, he connected. I thought he had great chemistry with, with Marshall. And then he tried on that interception. Yeah, I think it was Marshall who tried hitting him, you know, down and, and such like that. You know, it was just one of them. You know, it was great coverage by the cornerback that got the interception. Um, but, it, you know, that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. He does throw some, you know, uh, turnovers. You kind of got to limit him. But I thought, you know, on some throws, I thought for the, you know, he just, he just hit and it was good to see. But he just kind of needs to get that. Uh, you know, whether he needs to get on the same page with Devin Smith or Jeremy Curl, if it's had limited snaps, you know, we'll see. But um, it was good, you know, the throw to Eric Decker. Uh, that was very, that was nice as well. Um, but, yeah, 
it was it was good to see the chemistry that Marshall and him have. And they kind of, you know, just just so you know, when they went to the podium, uh, Marshall and Thingin, when they passed each other, you know, there's a little high five. You can, you know, there's smiles on the face. You can see that them are tight, and that's, you know, that's what you want to see from your quarterback and you know your your, your main receiver, him and Decker. You know, they're very tight, and and that's good to see. Yeah, and you know what? Look, I mean, it did get a little, it got a little bit iffy there. I kind of felt like I'm like, look at statistically, this game, the Jets are going to win it. I'm like, the statistics say the Jets going to win it. They 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 grabbed a couple interceptions when the Dolphins were going down there. They had to try to score touchdowns. Revis got one. He talked about Marcus Williams. But why don't we play now? You you caught up with one of the, one of the cornerbacks. He didn't have an interception, but he played well in the game. That's Antonio Cromartie. Let's play him right now. All right, Green Zone Radio down in the locker room, in the Jets locker room with uh, victorious Jets. Uh, Jets cornerback Antonio Cromartie. Antonio, I was at practice on Friday and I saw how confident you guys were. You had kind of like a swagger going into this. I, I saw it. I saw how you guys were. Um, what were the coaches' message to you? You know, honestly, it was just about making sure guys got enough rest. You know, that was the biggest message. Yeah. You know, coming in a five-hour, you know, changing uh, over five in the five-hour time zone, make sure guys got the rest. You know, I think Friday was more of like a sluggish day. We wasn't. Uh, really, uh, wasn't really, you know, into into it. You know, body was just a little bit off because we came just got off the plane and went straight to practice. Uh, but the, you know, I think the confidence is there. You know, we understood the offense was trying to do to us, and we just wanted to make sure we go out and capitalize on the things we needed to do. Uh, I think uh, Coach Bowles and Coach Casey did a heck of a job calling the game. Right. Coach Gailey did a, a heck of a job on the, uh, the on the offense side of the ball. Uh, getting the ball to the, you know, getting the ball over to the offense and just making sure that we'd be aggressive on both sides of the ball. What? what? No All right. Uh, as you can hear, I don't know if you kind of heard, that was, um, it was very short but sweet. But I, again, you heard my name being called because it was coming up and it already answered so many questions. You know, the, all, all the big players seem to have a limited time to answer into the press. And obviously, I'm no different to any other media member. So I kind of quickly got a thing in, but he had to go. But after the interview, it was very strange. Shook my hand and very. Uh, he had to go and run off and meet his wife. His married wife and made a trip over, and he had to be escorted off to to meet his wife. All right. Well, you know, that's that's. It's better to get a minute or so with uh, with Antonio Cabardi than to get nothing. So uh, he he kind of he kind of again hitting the same theme. That a lot of the other players hit on. But there's also, I mean, maybe on the next shows if we can't get a chance. I had some interviews that I we did get to play. We only have a limited amount of time. But again, even at practice, uh, kind of the themes they hit on at practice, they hit on after the game, and you, it kind of came to fruition. There, what they said they needed to do in the game, they did, and um, that that worked out for them because the game plan was obviously X, and they executed X. But Julian, you had a chance to catch up with a, a couple of the quarterbacks and uh you know the guy who be the future of this team bryce petty he gave you a little bit of his time talked about kind of where he's at in the offense you know how he's growing and learning so why don't we why don't we play him now and then we have to kind of finish off with geno smith and see where he's at because you know he had that incident and he's he's been relegated to a backup right now and you know what he didn't really do anything as people would say about the money and this and that who knows but it, we'll we'll play them both i think people don't hear from these two players and maybe they'll get a perspective as to where they're at, how they're really team first guys. I think that's what they both kind of convey in their, in their interviews. So let's play Bryce first and then we'll go into Gino. Okay. Sure. All right. All right. Greens on radio. I'm in the Jets locker room with Jets quarterback, Bryce. Hey, 
Bryce, what's it like playing out here in, in London, coming out? I mean, it's different than uh, the, the New York. You see all the fans in there with the jersey. What's it like? Yeah, you know, uh, man, for me it was great. It was awesome. Um, you know, kind of got to go in the city a little bit and see. Um, you know, I've never had the opportunity to go overseas and, and uh, to think, uh, you know, I kind of woke up this morning, but to, to think that you're six and a half hours away, but in right. another country, um, and then you see the support out there for Jets, Miami, but then you're also seeing Peyton Manning jerseys, Aaron Rodgers. Jersey. I mean, uh, it's cool to just see that you're, you're kind of immersed in, in football, and it's almost like, uh, you know, you guys are kind of catching up to um, to where we are. You know, it, you've had soccer and cricket and rugby and things like that, and then uh, just to see the support for football is, is really cool. What can you learn being out there? Um, I mean, what do you see? Are you, are you mic'd up? Can you see? Can you hear all the players? Is, is it good for you? Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, you know, as, as far as experience goes, um, that's that's one thing. It's just it's tough right now coming from the college game to the NFL game. Um, so you see looks and to see things, and so um, it's it's been really. Uh, good for me as, as far as their support for you know what's what's going on as far as my progression um, and then just to learn as much as I can each and every day I get the opportunity to be out there so um, game days are great uh, practices are great getting there and then being in the film room with Gino and, and Ryan's and things there too. You were a Baylor weren't you? That's right. Baylor, yes sir. Yep. Well, what are your goals? You set yourself goals. What are your goals for the Is it just yeah, you know, I've got my own personal goals, um, but a lot of time for for me, it's just to get better every day at something. Um, and, and I think that, especially in this league, just because there's such a discrepancy between the level of play in college to NFL, um, you know, just to get better at one thing every day, being a quarterback. This team's three and one. I mean, you're around all these guys. How far can this team go? Far, far. And I think if we just take it that way, just take it one game at a time, um, everybody stays healthy and focused and, and, you know, it's a battle of attrition. You know, it's who can recover faster. It's, it's who can get back to closest to 100%. Um, and, I mean, we, we've got all the tools. We've got all the tools. So, so three and one this first quarter, first first uh, uh, set of four games for the season is great. Um, we got to continue on that. we got to build on it. Um, we got to make sure this bye week for us is productive, it's positive, and it's not, you know, taking steps back. And, and I know these guys will do it. And, um, you know, get ready for the next stretch. All right, last question. I won't keep you. What do you do? You've got your bye week coming up. you got a few days off. What do you do? You go back with family. I mean, what do you do for fun? Well, everyone knows. You say, well, I want to know what, what you do for you. You just don't know more guy like me, I suppose. Yeah, I hear you. Um, no, I'm going to go back home to Texas, um, hang out with family for a little bit, probably go watch uh, my sister's volleyball game. She plays for, for UC Tyler. Um, and then hang out with the, the girlfriend, you know. Um, you know, just kick back, relax. Um, you know, kind of recover for a little you bit. play the Xbox? Yeah, we do a little bit. I probably won't this, this you know, week just hang out with people, um, you know, I have too much time to myself. You know, I want to be around family and uh, people that I've missed. So, all right. Thank you for your time, Bryce Petty, and uh, future quarterback for the Jets. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Bryce Petty, future quarterback of the Jets, and here's a guy who started for the Jets, and they caught up with him, Geno Smith. And I'm sure people, I mean, you should really give this one a listen if you haven't heard from Geno. I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter moving forward, but I really think Geno gave some really good answers, some good insight to where he's at and what his mentality is. Let's give it a listen right now. All right, Green Zone Radio. I'm in the Jets locker room, victorious Jets locker room. I'm here with Jets quarterback Geno Smith. So first question, Geno, what's it like playing overseas 
you know, it's very strange than playing over in uh, in America. I mean, you look around the the this, uh, the stadium, you see every jersey. Is that strange? It's like a rainbow, right? Yeah, it was actually cool. Um, you know, knowing that we were overseas and it wasn't a way it was an away game for us, but we had a ton of fans here. Um, you know, I think it was about even, and uh, you know, overall, I think it was actually cool to be able to uh, get outside of your element. So it was fun, something. Now I was at practice on Friday, and uh, I saw how confident you guys were. I know you came off uh, the defeat against uh, against the Eagles, but I saw how confident you guys were, mm-hmm. and you know, bouncing back. What's the coach's message to you? You know, for the game. Well, coach's message message was simple. You know, not t- don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, keep the penalties down, which is something I think we struggle with today, and just go out there and be confident. You know, coach is confident in us, and we're confident in one another. So uh, I think it was pretty simple. You know, coming off that defeat, we knew that we had a tough game in front of us. Our first division opponent, um, so it was good for us to come out and have that confidence. And how's Geno Smith doing himself? I'm doing really good, man. I'm doing really good. Uh, you know, I'm still healing up, still uh, learning, developing, so, uh, you know, just sticking to the same same thing that I've always had. All right, and it's the, uh, you're 3-1 now? Yes, sir. Yeah. How far can this team go? How far can this team Man, I think we can be special. You know, we've got a long ways to go as far as um, execution, and, you know, obviously we've got to cut the penalties down, but um, we have the right guys in this locker room, the right guys, the right coaches, so we've just got to stick to, uh, you know, believing in one another, you know, practicing with, the, with great intensity, and then, you know, once we get out there on the field, have that confidence and, you know, play our game. The Jets uh, certainly got some weapons up there. Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall. He, yeah. I, I don't know what he had for breakfast today, but he went absolutely nuts. I mean, yeah. Chris Ivory back. Yeah. He was running. I mean, it was just great to see yeah. the Jets offense yeah. moving and such like that, right? Yeah, man. I mean, those guys did a great job. Chris did a great job. Uh, Ryan did a great job. Brandon is just being Brandon when he does that kind of stuff. He's a beast. But, um, you know, Coach called a great game, and I think we executed pretty good. Um, still things that we can work on and get better at, but overall, good game. All right, last question, I'll leave you to it. What are you doing? Uh, you got a few days off for your bye week. Any plans? Where are you going? Uh, you know, hopefully I get a chance to go home, see my mom, see my family. Uh, you know, just enjoy some off time. I'm not going to do anything too special. Uh, you know, just hang out. All right, well, listen, uh, safe trip home. Enjoy, and go Jets. Gino Smith. Thank you. Thank you. All right, gang, that was both quarterbacks. The first one, Bryce Petty, followed by Geno Smith. And just before I end the show, I just want to say, sitting down with both them guys, first off, Bryce, you know, what a, what a great young man, very uh, very humble, you know, uh, very positive, and you can kind of sense. You hope he's that guy that's going to develop. And then switching the things to Gino, I found Gino very interesting. I sat down at his locker right next to him. The quarterbacks are kind of off out the way. You know what I mean? They're kind of off. Obviously, everyone will run around Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's the main man at the moment. But I found Gino very interesting. He was very quiet when I approached him, told him who I want. He, he he made a space for me to sit down next to him. And you could just see in him, you know, I think this guy's waiting to get his opportunity, you know, that he can come in and show. Because let's face it, if whatever happened to him didn't happen, yeah, he would be starting for the Jets right now. Because, it's you know, it's unfortunate what happened. You know, he got punched in the face and nothing much you can do about that. So, you know, I really felt for him, but I could kind of see in his face. You had to be there to see it. He was very sincere. You know, he wanted to do that and kind of, you know, I had a chance to chat with him off um, off mic. And, you know, I don't really want to repeat what was said, but he was very positive. And, you know, I kind of, you don't, don't judge a book by your cover until you see it. But I could see it in his face and I could see it and he was very sincere. And remember, he didn't have to tell me that, but what he said, you know, made me believe that, you know, I hope this team goes with whoever's taking it. But if Geno Smith were to get um, a chance, hey, you know, watch out. Because I think he realizes now it's now and ever and he's got to take it. 
But, uh, you know, this show's been packed out. It was uh, it was an absolute blast to be able to finally cover the team myself on my home soil. And to knock it off, we got the victory as well. I couldn't have asked for anything more. It was great to hang out with Dennis and finally meet him. The guy who do the show, the guy who works his tail off and everything. We had fun in London. We went on tours. We hung around with the Jets. It was phenomenal. So thank you very much, Dennis. I now know how hard you work on game day in there. And let me tell you, we went at the stadium first thing. We didn't leave till late, but it was awesome. Thanks to everyone for, for, you know, for downloading and listening. Let me know what you thought of this episode. You know, how did I do with my interviews and such like that? The best way to do that is on Twitter. Follow us at Green Zone Radio. Give us a tweet. Let us know what you thought. Thanks for your support. We'll be back next week, and we'll talk soon. Go Jets.